So some of my favorite podcasts have been with people that I've known longer than just through social media and I've actually had firsthand experience with and I get to call them family. And Kristen Barclay is one of those people. She is a a quick sister of mine as of a few years ago and we got to work in tandem in shifting seasons of our life that you're going to learn about during this specific podcast. Uh, we're going to tell the backstories of how we got to those seasons, but more importantly, Kristen's going to share with you the vision of what's to come. And she is a fellow entrepreneur and has been at the game much longer than me in the inner workings of some incredible startups, some massive companies that you would hear about from New York City to Chicago to Silicon Valley to right here in our backyard in Norfolk, Virginia. And it's been amazing to have her wisdom in the growth and development of what I'm doing, but more so just that partnership, that person that I can call and say, hey, I need your help or I need your support or hey, how's it going? Because we're both in the grind sometimes. And so she brings beautiful perspective and I love so much that she is the truth in how you use your testimony and what you've gone through and what has affected you both from a pain and a passion perspective to step into your purpose. So I encourage you to listen all the way through. You're going to hear some inside jokes. You're going to hear some inside stories and it really goes to show how important it is to have your net worth as your net work and making sure that you are really investing in relationships. No matter how long it's been since you've talked to that person, I would encourage you today, maybe even in the midst of listening to this podcast, to simmer on who's the person you could touch base with and just send them some love, send them some words of encouragement, get the coffee day on the schedule, whatever it is, know that we see you. Know that you are seen and know that in this podcast, no matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you are a woman as the CEO, exec of the highest high rise, God is within you and he's purposed you to something magnificent and it's intended to impact the world. Kristen Barclay with Food Quirk. If I didn't say that yet, Food Quirk, you guys got to get www.foodquirk.com. You got to get at the biggest table in the world. Everybody's invited and you are too. So go check out Food Quirk on Instagram and get a reservation. All right, Kristen, I love you. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Oh, you guys, we're doing all the things. I love new technology. Kristen Barclay is the person to do it with. We are also going live on Instagram. And I see some people coming in. That's so fun. It's a total different thing than, yay, Pastor Travis. I see Brian Hess. All right, I see you join. So I go here. 
Yeah. And then you're going to request to join. Ah, thanks for bearing with us, you guys. This is a first time for the Fit and Faith podcast, which is hilarious considering we've been doing this for three years. You think we'd be OGs in the Instagram world, but we're live on YouTube, Facebook, and here she comes. Yay, we did it. (laughs) Instagram, we're live on Instagram and LinkedIn. So you guys probably have no idea what's happening right now. I kind of don't either. Let me take a deep breath. All right. So FinFake podcast. Here we are. I have been honored to know this beautiful woman for several years now. I feel like there's some feedback. Do you hear that? I do. Trying to figure out. This is the joys of Instagram blended with all of the other lives. It might not work. We're just being patient. I wonder if I take this over here. Because of the sound? Is that what it is? I know, but I have the, the phone off. Real-time interaction, you guys. Okay. <laughs> it might not be you, Chris, and I. I tried this three years ago when we were in studio with all of my guests, which she is right here in Virginia Beach, by the way, even though she's lived in all the cool cities. Um, I'm probably going to pop off Instagram. I think it's okay. Really? Yeah. I hear feedback, but maybe it's me. Oh, How's it sound here? You guys see we're on. Okay. Michael said it's really loud. Thank you. Quest for advice is saying hello. Any other feedback on sound? (laughs) Wow. It's loud. (laughs) No, it's loud feedback. Interesante. See, this is why you can echo, 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 they're saying. All right, Instagram Live, we love you, but we're here for the Fit and Faith podcast. We'll figure it out. Hey, Greer is there. (laughs) Say hi to Greer first, your son. He's not sure. (laughs) Greer, go find us on Facebook or YouTube and LinkedIn. Your mama is going to be famous in just a couple minutes. She already is in my heart. Bye. Bye. That's funny. Okay. Woosa, we're starting over. We're not really starting over. We're starting. Okay, you guys, everybody who's live with us. We've got some live viewers on here as well. So we're so excited. Um, yep, even Hubby is on here. There is feedback and echo. Gary, hot Hubby. That's what he's in my phone. All right, here we go. In faith. You guys, Kristen Barclay has been a friend of mine for several years now, and this journey has evolved literally right alongside her. And I say literally because we shared office space at friend school where our kiddos go to school. I say kiddos, actually, her kids are growing and they're moving on. They're spreading their wings into high school, both of them this year. Um, But more than just a mama, just like both of us, we both have these entrepreneurial brains, like I know many of our uh, our people who join us here on a consistent basis do constantly moving in a thousand different directions, but always with a vision to just live an ample life of joy, of purpose and of serving other people. And so she has a rap sheet of a bio. And if you haven't listened to it before, I'm going to run down just a couple of things because I think they're so noteworthy in who you are. But before I do that, thank you for being here. I love you being here. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Tamara. And you're such a doll. (laughs) 
Well, here we go. So she has, like I said, this entrepreneurial mastermind, and she is an the actual entrepreneurial mastermind of a new company launch. If you have yet to hear about Food Quirk, then I'm gonna hold the I'm gonna hold the weight on that one. That would be my fault if you've yet to hear about Food Quirk. But we have talked about it here on the show before. I need to get like a commercial airing for Food Quirk because oh. it would be rad, and it's um, something that I've been able to watch from afar, but also ingrained in since the beginning. Uh, it's a food personality language, okay? And so I am very familiar with Enneagram. You guys hear me talk about that often. And so this is kind of the parallel to that in many ways. But the next piece of it is really cultivating community uh, for people who like food. Is that you? Yes. I mean, everyone likes food of some sort. And right. so Food Quirk launched just now, like within the summer realm, and there's going to be way more to come. Um, but that's one area that we've been able to partner in. And then in addition to that, her backstory is in household brands like Pottery Barn, um, Ethan Allen. She's done offline marketing, e-commerce, media space work. Um, she never bites off more than she can chew. And I say never, never and always. Two words of exclusion, right? But it literally does doesn't apply to us when there is this operation of flow. And so we're going to talk about all of these things and more. You started in the West Coast. You've been on the East Coast. Your family's from all over the map, but you now are residing in Virginia Beach. Well, Norfolk, but Hampton Roads with me, and I'm honored for that. So let's dive in. Okay, let's go. Let's go. All right. So let's talk specifically about all of the things in the regard to entrepreneurship and okay. how when you first like jumped into were you in San Francisco in Silicon Valley at that point? Where were you guys when you started like your first entrepreneurial like mindset endeavors? Yeah, well, actually, it was um, it was right after my husband and I got married. So I, I went to school for um, fashion merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, and when I got out of school was like when e-commerce was taking off and I was like, oh, I like that better, you know, and um, it just like parlayed me into this whole new world. And I was a part of, a, you know, one of the first uh, home furnishing startups. Um, I We started in D.C., then went to New York and then went out to San Francisco. And it was um, it was a really it's it just like that. I got the bug. You know what I mean? I saw someone doing this. I saw someone like completely disrupting, you know, something that like who would buy a couch on the Internet in the <laughs> 2000s? You've got to be crazy. Right. Like it was that it was that. And I was having conversations with these vendors or like, no, no, no. This is the way this like people are going to do. They're like, we don't believe you. We don't. You know what I mean? And like. Now look at that, right? Like Wayfair is like one of the biggest companies ever. And so that's where I got my bite. Like that's where I got like, like, like oh, I want to do that, you know? And so, and I was lucky enough to then be a part of a couple of amazing brands. Potterburn Kids is one of them, which you, which you mentioned. And then um, Baby Center, which is like the number one uh, pregnancy, uh, prenatal and postnatal website. And <clears throat> with both of those, with, with Potterburn Kids, it was... Um, I was hired on to help launch its e-commerce. And so let's, it was taking like a legacy retail brand, you know, online. And like, what does that look like? You know, and how do we how do we keep that brand in a way that now is omni, right? And so that was just like, that was boot camp for me. Like I had my startup part and then I had my boot camp. Um, and then I, you know, then I had a baby. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that is so, that is so perfect and elementary, right? But it's the, it's the foundation of every single woman's who is an entrepreneur's life. Yeah. It's so interesting. 
And I was like, I can't, like, I was just, you know, I was doing 80 hour work weeks, blah, 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 you know, the same, the same story that so many people have. And it was, it was too much. And um, so we decided for me to kind of step back and I started consulting for baby center and, and so baby center was just, it was perfect because it was the life stage I was in. Right. But it was also, again, everything was online, you know, everything was online, everything was digital. It was about um, content development and sharing that content and actually like, you know, targeting and speaking to, 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 to women, um, you know, exactly where they were. And so like that relevancy thing. And I just, it was like, my mind blew up, you know? And so, you know, that was kind of like the foundation of where I was just like, yes, this is something I want to be a part of and eventually want to do on my own. What year was that, Kristen? Do you know? Offhand? I will date myself because I have a very, I know. Very, You're... Very, I have a very big birthday coming up. A week oh, do you? I got to remember that. <laughs> but um, so that was, um, so my daughter was born in uh, 2004. So okay. it was just prior to 2004. Okay. The, yeah. So the yeah. reason I ask is not to date you. And no. she's ageless. If you see her, you'll never guess her age, especially in her stature. She's so tiny. <laughs> is this uh, fact that I was like really researching uh, business at this point. And I was in school and it was all around maternity and newborn. And so I was just thinking, as you were saying, it, how there was like this congruency and what we were really researching and how we were approaching the market. I was lear- learning from like an educational perspective. Perspective, and you were like boots on the ground in yeah. that boot camp experience, like you said. Yeah. Um, so just really interesting and the correlation to um, how that then has evolved, right? And to know yeah. that we no longer, our kiddos are growing, we're no longer in maternity and infancy, but no. there's some foundational pieces that were at work at that point that have now propelled you into the place that you are. So let's like kind of lean into what that is too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was a lot of life, right? A lot of life happened, right? So, um, which are, is a part of the story, really. Um, you know, so unfortunately, we lost my dad during that time um, in San Francisco. It was actually before uh, my daughter was born. And it, it just, you know, it just flipped everything upside down. Um, and, so, so that happened and, you know, my husband and I were like, okay, like we just need to get back to the East coast. Like we needed to get back to the East coast. His parents were there too. And um, so we, you know, we came back to the East coast. He's in, he's in education. And so, um, you know, we were like, okay, it's time for you to find a, a gig. And, um, you know, he, we landed in Rhode Island of all places, but it, you know, it felt good because I, I grew up um, in the South shore of Massachusetts, not the South shore, but the South coast. And then um, he grew up in Pennsylvania. So um, we landed in, in Rhode Island and um, I had another baby. And um, and I just like, I, I wanted to, <laughs> um, and I, you know, I just, I really, I wanted to put them first, but I didn't want to lose who I was, right? As a, as an individual, but also as a professional. And, um, you and I are very similar that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're like, you know, triple plus a, and, um, you know, so I, I was able to consult, you know, so I just, I, I went into the consulting side of things and, you know, helped some really great, you know, big brands and startups alike. And so that was like where I kept like the creativity and, and continuing to learn and understand no matter the the size of of company, how you how you take it to the next level, whether you're just starting out 
or, you know, you've kind of reached an inflection point and you need to like take that next step. And so um, all of the different engagements that I had were all kind of that with that same thread. Um, and, you know, at, it just that that's kind of like what kept me going. And, yeah. so, you know, that was like the second this season two of my life. <laughs> I love I love the fact that like that main statement. And I think our community really resonates with, especially our women um, community, is the understanding that there's this like pool between parenthood, this one side of our identity and the thing that we know, either what we did prior to, or then we go into this searching realm of what am I intended to do? Because I don't feel settled in this. Right. Um, and so I love that you you managed to do that simultaneously. I had much of a break and was like just mom for a while. That was really hard. Yeah. Uh, and so so I really resonate with people who are like, I feel stuck. I feel lost. I feel yes. overwhelmed. Um, and then add in entrepreneurship, right? Because we know that a lot of those feelings are exactly the same. And yeah. so talk us through after you got past the point of, of really recognizing you could do, be both and, which we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, how did you step into being more in this entrepreneurial sector that really takes that in office, out of house experience to another level? Yeah. So, and, and I agree with that. Like I, you know, I was just, I was, for me, I was a better mom because I was able to have that, you know, I was, I was a better mom because I had that for myself and I was able to compartmentalize and be fulfilled individually so that I could pour back into other people. And it, it's kind of like the, you know, the plain thing, like you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on anyone else. And for me, that was just a really big part of it in addition to like working out and all that stuff. But <clears throat> so after that season three of the life, right, is that, you know, my kids were getting older. So I was able to kind of like, you know, like pull, pull away a little bit more and, um, you know, I, I, like many people probably listening had a mil have been had a million ideas over the years of like, oh, this would be really good to do, or this would be really good to do. And, um, but, <clears throat> you know, honestly, coming, making this move to Virginia Beach allowed me the space. So, you know, things happen for a reason. There's a bigger creator out there. Right. And so when Mike and I moved here, I actually got laid off. Um, I was actually working for a company at that point and, um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we just bought a house. <laughs> We're moving our family. Um, and honestly, it was probably the hardest time, but it was, I probably had the most growth at that point. You know, the, the times that you and I spent in that office on that campus together, um, yeah. You know, it was it was very special, and I think you and I were both going through a lot of metamorphosis metamorphosis at that point. And you know, it, it allowed me the space um, to transition my family, um, to get my kids settled. It allowed me to kind of like think, okay, like what do I really want to be doing? You know, and and I we were fortunate that you know my husband's employed, and I you know had that little bit of pause to do that. And um, during that time, you know, I. Um, I had thought of, you know, the idea that led to food work and, um, you know, just been, met, you know, around in my head, lots of, you know, Saturdays out there and, um, you know, just sitting in a coffee shop trying to figure out what I'm trying to put together. And Mike and I finally, we finally took a vacation and we went to Colorado and we're skiing with our, you know, our kids. And, um, he turned to me and he said, I'm literally and figuratively going to push you <laughs> <up> this mountain. <laughs> and, and that was it. 
You know what wow. I mean? Wow. Yeah. Because, and I love that there is that component to it because I think there's this whole other realm of conversation that we could go into and we won't, maybe not yet or maybe not today. Yeah. Um, but this tension and also this necess- necessary symmetry that has to happen yeah. when you have entrepreneurs in the family and in the marriage. And there's this whole thing with the kids that they have to understand, right? Like there's not a nine to five when you're an entrepreneur. Right. And so the kids see you working and they want your attention, but simultaneously, you're in this process of teaching that you can go after and pursue your own dreams and your greater purpose, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then same thing for the spouse, right? Me and my husband are both entrepreneurial. And honestly, what Mike does, though he has a job, is very entrepreneurial. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like running a school, especially in the state of the school that it's been in the last few years, it's a brand new build, basically, yeah. literally and physically. Yeah. And so um, I love that he was just like, you got to do it, right? And sometimes we need that person who just pushes you. There's people actually on the uh, on listening right now who are watching. And there are people that I've had to say that same thing to and push them out of the things. One of them was a teacher at the school, right? And I was like, get out of here. Like, you're no more. <laughs> and she's now a full-time, you know, um, creative designer. Yeah. And it took that push. And also, like you said, it took that mentor. And you had a lot of mentors in the process. Um, and, and you've become one of those people to me. And so I'd love for you to talk about how, not just in your relationship with Mike, but also right. in a mentorship perspective, how did that give you the belief in yourself that you could do this? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I think that that's, that really is important. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Virgo, so I'm like, perfection is like (laughs) how I run. And so for me, I I just was, you know, I was really nervous about going out with something that potentially wouldn't work. Right. And, and, you know, what I've learned with so many entrepreneurs is that like, you may have a couple of things that don't work, but eventually you'll have something that will work. Right. Um, And so just kind of understanding from other entrepreneurs, kind of like the road that they've traveled has been so helpful, number one. Um, But number two, I think one of the like the I would say like the pivoting point for me feeling like, okay, like let's put the gas down is um, I have two mentors out in California that I worked with um, and they now have spun off and done their own thing. They're amazing people. Go follow them. Hatch baby, hatch um, sleep. Um, They are, they're a married couple. And um, I reached out to them actually when I was on that mountain and I, I Facebook messaged them because that was like whatever, four years ago. Um, And I was like, Hey guys, I have an idea. Are you up for listening? And they're like, hell yeah. And so, and we, um, you know, I pitched them, you know, and it was more of just a, like a dry run pitch. And, and I said, all I want to know from you guys is you're either you're crazy or keep going. <laughs> I love it. We're crazy and keep going. I hope yeah. that was their answer. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And, um, and they were like, keep going. Like, this is awesome, you know? And so I was lucky that that kind of resonated and that, that, but that for me gave me the confidence to be like, okay, like I, you know, other people see what I'm seeing and, um, I, I, I've had, I had that confidence. That's amazing. And I remember, um, fortunately, my husband and I got to be a part of maybe the second, third, fourth pitch when it was still real quiet. And um, I remember being in that office and she had like this 
just simple white and black deck that she showed us. And, um, you know, the, the creative design was intentional and unintentional at the same time, right? It was more so about the concept. And I remember sitting there and kind of unpacking the vision of what has now become and is becoming um, and, and just being really enamored with the thought out pieces of the puzzle. And I really think it's because of the experiences you've had thus far um, that is, foundational, right, to what you now are doing. Um, but I know that that fear piece, especially in perspective of perfectionism, um, can keep a lot of people halted. Yeah. And also, I thought about it from the perspective of, unlike me, when I stepped into this realm of entrepreneurship, which I've done many times before, but I didn't necessarily have to tap people for support immediately. And what you went out the gate doing is I've got to have people behind me. I've got to have a board. I've got to have advisors. I've got to have a lot of people who do things that make this machine work that I don't even have access to know how to do. So talk us through like that foundational point of it where you are building the board, building the advisors, building the trusted people who are going to come in and support because I think it's super unique. Absolutely. So, um, and I, yeah, I think the main point is that you have to, have <laughs> Gary Andrus. Um, you have to have the people you trust around you. Period. Period. And so, Ann and Dave, I trusted. I got their initial blessing. The next one was with Tamara and Gary. You know, and they were like, they were very like, yes, this is amazing. But they had great questions, and they, you know, they poked it and poked holes and everything. And that, like that was so, so important to like the whole foundation of like figuring out exactly what this is. Um, but yeah, I base with, with what food quirk is, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, it wasn't something that it wasn't like a consultancy business, right? Like it was something that I needed a whole team. I needed, I need people who could actually be strategic with me. I needed people who could actually execute with me. And then I need people who could, advice, right? And so I started at the advisor level because I felt like that was the most important foundation. If I could pitch all of these people that I trust what I'm thinking about and they believe in it, amazing. So I have like my back, right? Like I have people behind me. And if I have questions or I get into a doubt or whatever, and I was listening to Tamara the other day because I was like, I was like driving home and I was like, oh gosh, you know, and, and you were talking about the, the tuning phase and I was like, that is where I am and it's okay, you know? And so, um, so advisors are just, they're so important. And I just, you, as long as they're people that you, that you trust and they believe in what you're doing, they'll always be real with you and they'll always have your back. Right. And that's what you want. So, so that was the most important. And then moving into, okay, now I've got to pitch other people who are going to do this with me as a side hustle, not paid because they believe in this. Right. And that was, that oh, was a long time. <laughs> so hard. The whole like not paid thing. And yet at the exact same time, as I've learned and grown into that um, is that valuation exchange and what's actually happening during that symmetry. And I still have these conversations with Gary all the time too, is that I'm like, I don't pay them enough or I don't pay them at all. And I really feel like I should pay them. And he's like, yeah you're depositing something that they can't get with a dollar sign. You're teaching. You're now being this groundwork for people to experience and to create something that they never otherwise would have. And be a, and be a part of that, right? And I just, I think that, you know, luckily today, 
so many more people are thinking that way. It's like diversifying, you know, kind of your investment in other things, right? That that eventually will pay out, right? And and the evaluation kind of equity piece is really important. And you know, I because I came out of Silicon Valley, because I came out of that side of of, of the country. You know, I have a lot of people who've been doing this and I've I've been asked to be a part of, you know, a couple of different things. And, you know, I saw I was a part of one that was like really well done. And I was a part of a bunch of others that weren't done well at all. And it's just like you, especially if you're asking people that you trust to be a part of it, that is the one thing that you have to take as seriously as you possibly can, because you are, it, it is a, it is a contract, right? Like you are having an agreement to do this together, but it has to be legally binding, you know? Yeah. So, so one of the biggest things is that I was able to engage with a, a law firm um, that, you know, it was set, set everything, setting everything up so that paperwork is set. They, you know, everyone who's engaging officially, has that they understand it they understand how that will grow when the as the company grows and the, and that helps them with that vision you know yeah i remember being super impressed um and also scared <laughs> when i got that contract right because yeah. i'm like there's a lot of fine tuning and things in and fine print um and then simultaneously i learned a couple of months later when i was in the preparation work for the conference that i'm hosting later i did the same thing i created this contract and a lot of the people were calling me because they had already like socially accepted, right. That they were going to come and do this thing. And then they're like, Oh, this is, this is intense. Like, what is this? And, and I'm like, Oh, no, no, no. you're not signing your life away, right. but I just want to protect myself. And I also want to protect you yeah. and to forecast that this is real. Like this actually really matters to me. And this is not just like a fleeting coffee conversation. So I loved and was so impressed and was grateful to be on the receiving end and understand what was to come and flourish from it. Yeah. I just think it it just, it, it removes all assumptions, if that makes sense. (laughs) And, and I think like throughout my career with, in whatever situation, it's like having you know, it's having, here's your job description, here are your goals for the year, and this is how you're going to be reviewed and compensated. You know, it's the same kind of thing, right? Because, and then you don't have to talk about that stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Yeah. And you can like focus on the business and what you, everyone's excited about. So yeah. I, yeah. And, and I'll give an, I'll give a tip to any entrepreneurs out there that there are a lot of law, law firms out there, especially ones that are focused in emerging companies that um, they offer deferral um, engagements for startups. So they'll take on a handful each year that they believe in. They'll take a small little piece of, of equity, but, um, they'll defer those costs until you have your first raise. So that's if brilliant, that's awesome. What, what great insight. I hope you guys yep. are taking notes. I think that yep. that's incredible. Yep. Quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that, pun intended, with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming, start doing, stand up, start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. 
we are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage, to motivate and inspire, and I cannot wait to see you there. November 5th through the 7th, if you want to come in for the VIP experience, which who doesn't want to come along for VIP? That's all access passes to the speakers and the artists, and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms. So of course, come one day, two day, three day passes available as well, and we cannot wait, as Glenn and I say, to hug your neck. See you there. Let's go and transition into like the emerging of all that is food quirk beyond just the people and the team behind it. And um, I love Gary's on here listening still. And he's like, food quirk is so radio. And I remember when he said that out the gate at that first meeting being like this, this phraseology, this concept, this um, catchiness, even the vibe that you've curated, which is the brand uh, Mm -hmm. is so catchy. And so let's talk through what that is and give people a little bit of a quote unquote, pun intended, taste of what you're creating. Yeah. So uh, to just be really clear what it is. So Food Quirk is, it's an online community focused around food, right? But with the specific um, intention to connect people around how they eat. Okay. So that's like the, that's like the core of it. And there's a couple different pieces that come with it. So the first is, um, you know, like Tamara was saying, like an Enneagram or a Myers-Briggs personality test, we've developed a food personality test um, that you take and, you know, by answering questions about like your approach to food, your likes, your dislikes, your aversions, your allergies, your quirks, right? Um, You get your results and it's a, what we call an FQ score. So your food quirk score. So it's kind of like, well, the food quirk score like represents you through food, right? So, um, but it's kind of like your IQ, but your FQ, right? And so then that FQ right now gives you instant access to meal inspiration, recipes, products, and most importantly, people who eat like you. And so that's the basis of it right now. Like we have so many plans about it. Um, so we're, we're in beta and we're just web, but um, the app is coming. Yeah. So I did drop the link in the comments for everybody who's watching live and you can obviously go back and scroll through it in the intro of the podcast as well, but it's really easy. It's foodquirk.com. And so it's really cool how you've cultivated the execution plan for this. First off, we're cultivating a table, right? A worldwide table. Is it worldwide yet? Or we're just open to our region? No, we're worldwide. Yeah, a worldwide table. Come <laughs> on. I'm a part of tables everywhere. If you guys have yeah, a champions experience, right? Yeah. Uh, but, dinner table, you're covered. <laughs> yeah, and I love it because even you hosted us at your house and you're such a host in that regard and food is such a part of you. And I know it's a part of your story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get into that piece too because I talk all about how our passions, our pains are, are so ingrained with our purpose. Um, but I also want to get into the deploying of how you're doing this. Um, so with this worldwide experience and this table that you're cultivating, people can basically make a reservation at the table and also have this beta version experience where they're behind the community, depending on how much you like release right to them at a time. Yep. Uh, so let's talk through like the with the quirks. 
the quirks that you've cultivated because it's essentially like affiliate marketing, which we know is very on the rise right now to the point that companies are not paying for ads in certain places and they're literally just investing in influencers. And so talk like influencer affiliate marketing and how the quirks are associated to that. Yeah. So um, we knew we needed people who believed in this in the food space. Right. We, we wanted people to, you know, really buy into it and then be able to share that. Right. And, you know, we <clears throat> it was interesting because and then again, this is just a little bit of like entrepreneurship. So um, we originally engaged with a PR company. And um, they're like, yeah, you have to have influencers and all this stuff and everything. And I was like, okay. Um, and, you know, the dollar sign that came with that, I was like, you know. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> do you do the deferral payment thing? Like the yeah, lawyers? I, I was like, you took credit. No. <laughs> um, so, but it was, for us, it was more that I didn't want it to just be a transaction. I wanted people to really understand and believe in it and be excited about it. And so I said, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm going to pause and I'm going to take like the next three months and figure this out. And between myself and um, Corey Mook, who's on our team, um, we reached out to a ton of different people all through Instagram, honestly. And we're just as authentic as we could in our DMs and just said, Hey, this is what we're doing. We'd love to talk to you about being a part of it, you know? And, you know, we ended up with probably like a good 50 people that were like, Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. I'm really interested. And we called that down to, um, we're probably about at 25, I would say. Um, and they represent the different personalities of um, the FQ score. And they're, you know, I've had personal relationships with them since December now, <laughs> you know, and they're amazing. And they're the ones who are like really boots on the ground, whether that's in their own communities or online, um, you know, just embracing food quirk and loving food quirk. And like, you know, they're saying the message. I'm not saying it. They're out there just like, you know, so excited about it. And I would, I just feel like they're, they're like, in terms of food work, they're our biggest equity right now. Yeah. And I think it, the reason that they raised their hand, right, to the opportunity and also the reason that you um, gave them the honor of, of being a part of this at that point is because it's a part of their story. Right. So let's go way to the front of this conversation. But it's it's literally tying in beautifully now and talk about why, like why, why food quirk for you specifically beyond the entrepreneurial vision, beyond the family, beyond the legacy piece. How does it apply to Kristen Barley? Yeah. So honestly, like I was um, I was having a really hard time describing how I ate. <laughs> and so, I, you know, it was um, and it was funny because you and Gary were a part of this because, um, you know, when we moved to Virginia Beach, I had a, had recently gone plant based slash vegan. Um, and that's a whole nother story. But but basically, um, <laughs> I, I get I say that I'm like plant based vegan, like 95% of the time, but the other 5% <laughs> it's like, so fun. That's the fun yeah, time. And so like, I'm from Rhode Island, you know, like I have to have my oysters, you know, we were up there for vacation. Heck yeah. I had a bunch of those, you know, um, if I go out to dinner, you know, and someone orders a cheese board, yeah, I'm going to nibble on it, you know, and it was, 
you know, it was just interesting. And, and, um, you know, I remember you guys asked us to dinner, which was so nice. And they had this like, talk about a brand couple. Like they had like personalized menus. I mean, like it's just crazy. I forgot about that. That was so fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gary, I hope you're listening to that. I know. Remember, um, and anyway, you know, I remember you asking, like, what, you know, like you asked me the question, how, you know, what do you eat? And I was like, well, <laughs> and it was just like hard. And um, so that and then, you know, people I got kind of into the vegan world and 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 there's some pretty hardcore vegans, you know, and they were like, well, you're not really vegan if you don't, you know, and I was like, <laughs> you don't count, Kristen. <laughs> well, yeah, so I was like, OK, I'm just veganish. Just, you know, like, give me that space in that grace and. So, um, so anyway, that, so that was going on. And then, you know, my kids are becoming teenagers. They eat a lot of freaking food. And so does my husband and everyone started having different preferences, you know? So Mike, I keep saying like, he wants to be Tom Brady. So he wanted the TV (laughs) diet. Um, (laughs) you know, my daughter Chase is like decided not to eat meat. Um, and then, um, Greer, who's my son, just, give, give them everything. Yeah. The garbage disposal. Yeah. Well, I was like, how do I cook meals? Like, what do I do? What's for the, like, what's for dinner? I like, I shake, you know what I mean? When people say like when Chase says that to me. So I was like, I I turned to Mike and I was like, I literally just want to put all of our preferences into Google and I want them to spit out what I should make (laughs) for our family. He's like, then create it. So that's where that came from. It's so cool. And and this, I don't know if you've utilized in this in branding yet, but what's for dinner? Like that's such a cool concept. We're talking about that, right? I love that because I'm thinking specific to the exact group of women that we were just talking about the forefront of this. And I'll be, thank God I don't have to also cook. My husband is an amazing chef, but I am on the way home every day. And my brain is what's for dinner. I know he has it taken care of, but he, and this is a weird thing that we do. We don't really cook for our kids. We don't even have like a traditional uh, dinner table. We've got lots of bars and and I say bars, lots of open space, right? And so a lot of um, uh, flat tops, right? And so we just put out food. It's anything from the fridge is kind of our thing, fruits and vegetables. We create this landscape that they can eat as they want, whenever they want, but there's no real like meal time. And yet Gary and I eat like kings and queens because he's so good at it. But again, we've got like for months, we've tried vegan-ish. We've yep. done all um, uh, pescatarian before. We've done we've done paleo for years. We do intermittent fasting. Like there's all these layers. And my poor kids are probably my mom now lives with us, and she's like, "So what's for dinner?" Right. <laughs> well, I see that I have something delightful and delicious to eat, but what are the kids eating? And I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know, like whatever becomes right. Yeah. And so this conversation, I think, is really critical for people because there is an almost an element of shame to food. And one of my like passions is to obliterate shame. And while this is on a whole other level to um, some of the pieces of that, but like shame and motherhood, shame and wifing, like sometimes I feel shame that I'm not the cook. Because every other mom or woman that I know is like, I'm cooking this for dinner. And I'm like, oh, God, am I less than because I don't ever do this? I will bring home a killer meal from a local restaurant. And my husband loves me for it. But like, there's this experience that we have in that regard. So talk to me about not just what's for dinner, um, but the the big vision, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening and we're dreamers, right? And so in the dream phase, I think it's important that we speak it out one as a social contract to what's to come. And also for the person who is listening, who might raise their hand and be like, I can help. 
that's me. So let's talk to those people. Yeah. So I, you know, the, the big vision, the kind of like philosophical vision is, is really in what you just said that, um, eating is super personal, right? What you choose to put in your body or when to eat, how to eat, where to eat, you know, what to buy, whatever is so personal. And the labels today have not caught up with that. You know, they're just like, you're this or you're that, right? And we're not, you know, we as a human race have, you know, we've just modernized and we're, you know, we, we're, we're hunters and gatherers at the very basis, but we, we were very intentional, right? So it's, you know, yeah, there's, there's plenty of like omnivores out there, right? And God bless them. Awesome, right? <laughs> there's a lot that aren't, right? Yeah. You know, like, so you just said, like, you're vegan sometimes, you're not sometimes, you intermittent fast, intermittent fast sometimes, whatever, you know what I mean? It, the, the flexitarian thing is, is, is really on the rise. Um, but then there's also the, the, the cohort of people who are just like, you know, like, this works for me and I'm doing this or I have a deathly allergic, you know, allergy to something and I, you know, I have to, so there's, there's just a lot of very personal choices with food. And so we want to get rid of that. We what you know, that's why we're coming up with this new language where, you know, your FQ, yes, right now in beta, it's like, okay, like I'm, we have five personalities you've got, you're basically are indexed into. And so like, I, I'm a naturalist, like I lead by naturalist and so are you, but I have all these undertones, you know, so I'm, I'm part guardian, I'm part creator. I've got a little enthusiast in there, you know? Um, and so, because me, Kristen, as my food like preferences and my DNA and my chemistry is way different than yours, is way different than anyone else in this room right now. Um, and that needs to not only be honored, right? Like we need to accept that, but we need to be able to use that as a lens to experience food personally, no matter where we go, right? So let's talk about the inclusion first thing first. So we want to promote food inclusion, right? So that's kind of a, a term that we're, we're basically owning. Um, there is a, you, the, the term food inclusion can be something else. Like what, what if they put things in food? No, don't, don't worry about that. This is like, if you think about the diversity, equity, um, belonging, you know, that we are doing right now as a human race, it has to be extended into food and what we choose to eat, right? There's just, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of judgment around how people eat, right? And so, so that's number one. We just want to obliterate that with you, Tamara. Let's go. <laughs> and, um, and, and we want to create a safe space where people can have conversations, learn, explore, you know, teach themselves about food wherever they are on their food journey, right? So that's number one. And that's just like our philosophy in general. Um, and basically, what, one of the things we keep talking about now is like, you do you, boo. You know what I mean? Through food, right? Like that's, that is what we're honoring. The second thing is that the, the food quirk, your food quirk score, the way we see this is that it'll eventually be, you know, like it's a QR code or a flow code on your phone that it will be integrated. It can be integrated in your Uber Eats, your DoorDash, your Grubhub. Um, with other restaurants and menus. Imagine like walking into a restaurant and, you know, you're going to the, to the host and you just scan your, you scan your food, your food quirk score. And so, you know, when a waiter comes to your table, they're going to, he's going to see all the FQs and he's not going to tell you, he's not going to tell me, Hey, you should really get the red meat tonight, you know, because 
I don't know. Right. You know, right. So good. You know, or uploading it to with your health provider or, you know, you send it to your um, your kids going off to college or your babysitter, you know, so that so, you know, so that's that's the vision. That's the vision that it goes with you everywhere. It's so incredible. And it, I love it in, in that parallel to those personality examples, because even those can be very rigid and somebody raises their hand to one thing and it's totally exclusive to every other number. This person is in this box almost right. immediately, right. Um, which is why you can't just study one version of EQ, IQ, F, like FQ. You got you to have it all. And that's literally what you've done. So even yeah. my FQ will parallel to all of these other things. But one really cool thing, I remember when reading that I was a naturalist and understanding the undertones of who I am, the language is a huge part of you and this in this whole movement is because it is fun and it is quirky and it is um, inclusive, right? It, it can touch the older generation, the younger generation, the hipster and the executive. And um, I, I loved that when it spoke to me and the language that was cultivated through it and clearly copywriting has been a massive part of your journey mm-hmm. is that I felt included just in reading that. Cause I'm like, this is all of me in one area or arena of my life, but it wasn't just the food piece. You were tapping into what I do on a daily basis. You were tapping into my belief system. You were tapping into my valuation of what do I value and how do I live my life and how do I marry, like, how do I live in relationships with people? It was wild. I was really, really impressed by that part of it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is, um, we'll, we'll never, you know, claim that we'll know you exactly, but but based on, you know, the, the, the answers to the questions, you know, I think that there's there's more of a what we're trying to do is this is your approach to food. Right. This is your approach to eating, to nutrition, whatever that might be, um, because, you know, I'm a naturalist. You're a naturalist. You eat meat sometimes. I don't. You know what I mean? So our approach is the same. It's just the preferences that are different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, that just opens up a whole realm of dialogue of learning from each other and yeah. not being like, Tamara, you really shouldn't eat me. You know? <laughs> right, like, right, right. No, no judgment. You know, it's not judgmental. No, exactly. Yeah. It's really incredible. So everybody who is watching right now, who is tuned into this and listening after the show, you guys can go and take your personality quiz, right? On can they take it yet? We can give everyone here the, the okay. Link. Okay, we'll give you a special link, even better. So go to the show notes. We'll give you a special link to be able to fill that out because right now the general public can only reserve that seat at the table. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, at foodquirk.com, which you can do immediately. Um, but tune into this link, check it out, experience what it's like that we're talking about. Get ingrained into the community. Um, you're going to be blown away, and you're going to literally be ground level of something that is going to last. I believe for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all based on you saying yes in all of these different arenas before you actually understood or unlocked this specific vision. And I think that the journey of your entrepreneurial experience is so beautiful to be able to bring to life and a key to other people to realize that it's it's never an age thing. It's never a location thing. It's never an access point thing. It's more about these revelation moments, little by little that occurred in your life that then you said, okay. And then your husband pushed you off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Mike. <laughs> so good. So good. So are there any final pieces? This conversation could go on forever because we could pivot into lots of different yeah. places. 
I mean, I, I just, I would just say that it, you know, it's not all rosy, you know, but just keep going. And that's, that's the thing that like, I, I have to hear from other people because it's hard for me to say that myself. Um, but we're, you know, there's things right now, even in beta that aren't working great. And I'm like, oh, they're just, the customer experience is so important to me. And so, you know, sometimes you just have to like, be like, okay, we're going to pause. We're going to make this better and then keep going, you know? And, um, that's, that's the piece that that's the like most recent thing that I'm struggling with. Um, and it, it takes a lot of conversation and a lot of soul searching to just be like, have grace, have patience with yourself to keep, you know, to like, okay, we'll take care of it and we'll keep going, you know? So, and that's the most beautiful part is the knowing that it is literally that same word that met you on Wednesday night. And I hope that it meets somebody now as attunement. Right. Yeah. And so the example I gave is that we have all these guitars and ukuleles up on the wall in my house. I can only partially strum a ukulele. So I'm not the musician. It's my father-in-law. And yet every single time he pulls it off the wall, he has to attune it before he plays it. He has to tune it up. He has to make sure the sound comes out and it, it makes sense. And it's different. And it's tweaked to every different person's ear, which is even more complex, is the understanding that entrepreneurial journey in that tuning, um, it, it's a beautiful thing. And it's also impossibly difficult yeah. because even with the people at your back, right, even with the wind at your sail and all of those things that you have uh, you, it's strategically created, there's still an element of isolation that exists yeah. in that. Because you're the only one to the fullest extent who breathes this from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep and even thereafter. Right. Subconsciously, consciously, it's like literally ingrained in who you are. Um, so I just, I pray ultimate blessings over it. I am so excited to see how it grows. And it's it's just the beginning, honestly. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and it's just that having that patience, I want to, I want to be like, I had goals of being somewhere else today and we're not there. And, and I, I'm continuing to say like, it's okay. Right. So. <laughs> and progress over perfection. And the big part in that is that word pace, which has been a huge part of my year um, because we're very similar in that yeah. is understanding that his pace, God's pace, the universe, everything around us, their pace is different. And in the Bible, it says a thousand years is one day and one day is a thousand years to him. And so what feels like eternity to us, he could unlock tomorrow. And yeah. it's based on his timing and what he has prepared us for. Are we ready for that explosion, right? Like you have your kiddos transitioning into a huge year and going off to colleges and, and understanding like what that um, picture looks like and changing your motherhood and it expands your experience as a husband and wife duo. And there's a lot happening. So be in that state of grace, in that state of pace and be okay with every day is going to have a different tune. It's going to have a different sound, but ultimately it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes. It I will. love you so much. You Thank too. you so much Thank for being you. here. Thank you so much for having me. Always. Bye. See you guys. Hey y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. 
community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.